0: Hello again. This is your host, Liz Montigny, and you're listening to episode 56 of Keep Blooming. Today's conversation is about the gift of desperation. If you've never thought of desperation as a gift, then listen to what my guest, Aaron McColl Cup, has to say. Aaron is grateful to be recovering from compulsive overeating binge eating behaviors, and developmental and betrayal trauma. She writes and speaks about mental health and addiction recovery from a Catholic perspective. Check out her course, Filled with Good, Theology of the Body for Food Addicts at erinmccolcup.podia.com. So check the show notes for that link. In my conversation with Aaron, we reflect on how the world delights but heaven satisfies, what happens when you get desperate enough to do anything to change your behavior, how journeying with one another to reach our goals makes all the difference, living without hiding, and we geek out a little bit over our being theater majors let's get growing and keep blooming Tired of overthinking your next step? Do you want simple steps to level up your mind, body, and spirit? Or maybe you need some inspiration to reach your goal? Then you've tuned into the right podcast. This is Keep Blooming, and I'm your host, Liz Montigny. Each week, I'll encourage you to drop the hustle mentality for hope and act on the dreams God has put on your heart. Like you, I'm doing all the things as a Catholic, a wife, a mom to three boys, and a licensed Ziegler coach. So let's get growing and keep blooming. Hello, my lovely listeners. This is Liz Montigny, and you're listening to Keep Blooming. Our next guest on the show is Erin mccoll Cup. Erin, welcome.
1: Thank you, Liz. I'm so grateful for this opportunity for us to chat.
0: I was just loving reading over what you are all about and i'm going to share that with our listeners now Uh, so Erin is grateful to be recovering from compulsive overeating binge eating behaviors and developmental and behavioral betrayal trauma she writes and speaks about mental health and addiction recovery from a catholic perspective so check out her course Filled with good theology of the body for food addicts. And that's at com. I use Podia as well. Um, and that is all in the show notes, friends. So, Aaron, Catholic food freedom support. What does that mean? It's
1: a way of sort of like putting in a little bowl. <laughs> A little souffle dish that um, I'm here to share the good news that God's got freedom for us. God's got freedom just waiting there for us. And he's waiting there to welcome welcome us into his arms so that we can live free of obsession with food and weight and body image and live in a completely new way, a way that is closer to what he designed um, from the beginning. As in capital, the beginning, as mm. in the Garden of Eden, where we were designed to have a relationship with persons and not a relationship with food.
0: Yeah, yeah, oh
1: so, yeah, that's why I'm here.
0: I love this focus on freedom. I like that you're focusing on the positive side of things. You know, I think a lot of people they want to kind of skip over the healing and recovering part and just get to the good stuff, right? But we can't do that because, you know, God wants us to live in freedom. And part of that freedom is letting go of all, we'll just say baggage. I mean, it's a lot more than baggage, but I mean, that's the term, right? And I've been going through a lot of that work myself in terms of healing wounds. And now I'm using wounds as a big thing. It's not like I've had huge trauma in my life or something, but there's all there's always something there that keeps us from deepening our relationship with God, and we have to take a look at that. And not only with God, but as you said, with people and relationships and community, and that's that's why we're here. Nice so
1: can I I rewind a little bit uh, to touch yeah. on something you just said? Like I heard you say that you know that you've never had any big trauma in your life. Yes. Um, something that. I have discovered, you know, through my study of the theology of the body, and admittedly, for like 15 years, I've got like a theology of the body book in one hand and a bag of chips in the other. So I'm like doing (laughs) both at the same time. Only one of those was healthy. (laughs) Um, That, like, what I realized, you know, through reading the whole idea of, you know, of in the beginning, because the theology of the body is very much about our origin story. It's about how you know, God designed us to live before the fall and now how we have to live after the fall. So Mm. that if you think about it in the terms of how God designed us to live from the beginning, you know, in perfect trust, in perfect relationship with each other, with God, um, relying on persons rather than things, Mm. um, we were designed to never have to hide. We were designed to always value how... Precious and unique we are. So if you think of that kind of luxury of how yeah. we were designed, and now we live here, <laughs> yeah, right, right. In this fallen world, if you think about it, we are all traumatized. Mm, mm-hmm. I hear that regularly. People who hear my story, um, you know, from my family of origin up through today, that uh, they get, well, I don't have trauma. Yeah, you have trauma. Like, if you look at what we were supposed to be living and what we're actually living, sweetie, we've all been traumatized. So I want to say that to like validate people who want to like diminish the pain that you're in. If you look at it, we were designed to feel pain long term, so of course we're traumatized. Of course we're reaching for comfort because it's a fallen world, and we're reaching for the wrong comfort. But there's a way to turn that around.
0: Exactly, exactly. And you make a good point too. I don't mean to say that because I I never want to encourage people to compare traumas or compare suffering because that's yeah, it's
1: not a competition <laughs> no that's not a competition
0: no it's not that's not good and also it's also about your relationship with God and what he's asking you or calling you to look at in his relationship with him so I don't mean to say that in terms of comparisons but I do think it comes up where people might look at someone else's life and be like wow they've been challenged they've been through it you know mm-hmm. so thank you for that and before i feel like we're we're already out a roll here but before we get too deep um i want to talk uh about the scripture passage that you shared and listeners i've been asking our guests to share their favorites uh which i love uh, this is uh from the magnificat which i have on my heart for a lot of different reasons but so this is luke 1 uh, verse 53 The hungry he has filled with good things, the rich he has sent away empty. There's, if you go through and read um, The Magnificat, there is like so much there. You could spend so much time at every verse, but I'd love to hear from you, Erin. I mean, I could imagine why you picked this, but there's probably a lot more to it.
1: Sure, well, um, just to sort of like briefly go into my story, I um, developed binge eating disorder, well, I I thought it was just binge eating disorder. Long story short, um, over the years, I learned that I also also, um, meet the diagnostic criteria for bulimia because what I would do, quote unquote, good little Catholic that I was, was I would um, binge Mm -hmm. and then I would fast Mm -hmm. because, oh, I need to fix what I did. I need to do penance. Um, And what that was doing was setting up this, you know, the, the fasting for me was pain I didn't have any way, any skills to deal with that pain besides binge eating. So I would just use fasting as a way to justify my next binge. Ah. Um, So that was all a result of trying to soothe pain that I basically experienced from my earliest days. Um, I I can't remember a time when I wasn't in a home that was you know, some level of abusive and some dimension or another. Mm-hmm. Um, and I also can't remember a time when I did not have disordered eating, when I wasn't binging, when I wasn't sneaking food, when I wasn't trying to be good. I like my first diet, I was in third grade. So that set me up for this binge restrict, binge restrict cycle, um, which, you know, it's, it, that's not what our God designed our bodies to do. Yeah and part of what the um the binge behave binging behaviors involved was trying to feel satisfied trying to feel like i've got what i need because i didn't have much in terms of earthly experiences getting what i needed mm-hmm. and this scripture the hunger he is filled with good things means a lot to me on several levels because one thing that you know my unfortunate family of origin taught me is that I'm not allowed to have needs therefore mm. if I am hungry which is a legitimate need I need to turn it off as quickly as possible mm. and so I and if you listen to like some of the um, diet culture advertisements and marketing you'll hear people say like oh I love this diet I was never hungry yeah Well, if you think about that, we were designed to get hungry. There's something wrong there if you're not hungry. And Mary herself says it here, the hungry, they get filled. Yeah. They get filled with good. Yeah. And so the whole process that I had, and you know, as a result of living in this, this fallen world was like, okay, hunger is bad. I need to never be hungry. But, you know, stuffing myself is bad. So I need to make myself good. It was just this horrible, horrible cycle but again, it sort of goes into the next part of that verse, the richie is sent away empty. If I think I've got, and I live, like I've got everything under control, Mm. like I don't need anything, I'm going to get nothing because I don't need anything. I've got all the answers. I've, you know, I've got all the food and I've got all the fasts and blah, blah, blah. Mm. Um, So the reason this scripture speaks to me so much is that it tells me, it tells us through the words of our blessed mother that We're supposed to be hungry. There is nothing wrong with being needy. Yeah. And anybody who tells you otherwise is not of God. Yeah. And there's something in here that reminds me, and I hope it reminds other people too, that this world was made to delight us. It was never made to satisfy us. Mm -hmm. We will never be satisfied here. So me chasing the next taste, chasing the next taste, chasing the next, you know, feeling, chasing the next pleasure, it was never going to satisfy because nothing here can satisfy. It can delight me in moments. Absolutely. But can it satisfy? No. What does relationship with God and relationship with God through the people he gives to us in Mm. safe and godly relationships. We were made for relationship with the personal, not with isolation with the material. And for me, the material I isolated with was food. For other people, it's other stuff. Sometimes it's just the neurochemicals that come with shopping, whatever, it's all the same, you know, false comfort of, you know, getting away from the people who hurt us, but then that also gets us away from the person who heals us. And so when we get in touch with our neediness, our hunger and embrace it, that's when we get filled with good.
0: Mm, There's so much in there and I love your distinction between satisfaction and delight. And also, as you were sharing your story, I'm paraphrasing here, but uh, St. John Paul II's uh, quote of, it is Jesus you you dream of when you seek happiness, you know? Mm -hmm. And I think that's, I think, especially here we are in the world and not in heaven. And unfortunately, the first thing that we think of is, for a lot of people, is not God when they're thinking about. I'm unsatisfied or I'm struggling or I'm needy. They go somewhere else instead of God first. So I would love to hear obviously, you have been on quite a journey. And here you are helping others go through what what you basically had to process. So I'm wondering, when you're in the furnace like that, you know, and you know, <laughs> was it, that you knew it was a problem or was there an aha moment or what happened for you?
1: Okay. So, I mean, I can't remember a time when I didn't know it was a problem um, Mm. because, you know, there was so, so much shame around food for me growing up. So, but I always thought like the fix was a diet. The fix was, you know, I have to get, I have to change my relationship with food. The aha moment, if there was one, mean there really was one came when okay so you know the backstory i'm like reading all these theology the body books just theology in general i'm a lay dominican so we are the nerds of the church and i was living that Mm. charism, believe it and (laughs) so i've got a book in one hand and the chips in the other the cookies or whatever so I'm, i'm learning this these things but not it's it's head knowledge it's not heart movement yeah
0: yeah
1: and you know i i was uh Contracted with our Sunday Visitor to write a book, which I I did. Um, It's called All Things New: Breaking the Cycle and Raising a Joyful Family, and it's about, you know, how God gives us the two greatest commandments and the Beatitudes to help us break cycles that we learned in our families of origin and live in a new way. Mm. And you know, so while I'm going through this book, I went back to therapy, found a wonderful Catholic therapist who also happened to work with drug addicts, and I was talking with him about like I'd really like to break this this relationship I have with food. And he's like, well, here's what I tell my, you know, drug addicted clients to do, you know, identify people, places and things that trigger you talk to somebody before you, you know, face that trigger and then talk to that person afterwards. And I'm like, talk to somebody. All Hmm. right. (laughs) But the thing was, I was finally desperate enough to do anything. Yeah. Including talk to people.
0: Mm-hmm. As,
1: as like I formerly identified as an introvert. I was like, well, can I just text them? No, like you actually, you know, have to stop talk to people eventually. But so I remembered it was just like it was a Tuesday. I picked that was the day I was going to, you know, start working on this thing. And I found this app where there would be somebody who could text you or talk to you real time um whenever you faced a craving. Mm. And so like I remember it was like in the afternoon, there was a like sleeve of crackers on my kitchen counter and I have my phone in my hand with the app and the crackers there and I was stressed and I was alone and I'm like all right I know the crackers don't work I am now ready to try anything so I went and hit what they call the lifeline button in that app unfortunately that app it's called pocket rehab but it's no longer in in service otherwise I would send people there (laughs) oh yeah anyway back back on script here I You know, I was so embarrassed when I was like texting that lifeline because I'm like, I'm probably gonna get somebody helping me who's like, you know, broken a heroin addiction, and here I am, like, I want to eat crackers. (laughs) I was thinking this person was gonna like, you know, really like, what is wrong with this lady? Right. Um, But what happened was so amazing, and it was amazing in its simplicity because the person who met me on the other line, on the other side of the this text conversation. Because I wasn't ready for real time, like voice to voice conversations Mm. at that point, um, Mm. was just telling me things I didn't already know. Like, no, we we've got a lot of food access here. You're not alone. Um, All right, so take deep breaths, drink some water, you know, look at your surroundings, identify where you are, get out of your head, that sort of thing. Nothing I hadn't heard a million times in other places. Okay, but having somebody in that moment in real time telling me these things in relationship yeah. rather than isolation from a book, isolation from a podcast, you know, no offense, thats is still useful, sure. um, isolation from, you know, a radio show or YouTube video or, or whatever, having that happen to give and take was so transformative. And like, I remember ending the conversation, like, yeah, thanks. I feel so much better. And like putting my phone down and looking at like the sleeve of crackers and it was just molecules. Yeah. It wasn't an attachment figure anymore. Mm-hmm. And they put the crackers back in their box, put them in a snack bin and, and walked away. Wow. And for anybody who has experienced that like obsess- obsession with, you know, this, I need this food or I'm not going to feel, I'm not going to be okay. Yeah. Um, I need this fix, whatever it is, or I'm not going to be okay to ima- just imagine that switch flipping of not needing that all of the sudden at all in that moment was just mind-blowing. And then, so as I you know, practiced that more and more and eventually started reaching out to people voice-to-voice in real-time relationship and then face-to-face in real-time relationship, I just remember thinking like all these different tenets of um, addiction and eating disorder recovery, like, yeah, well, of course this works because this is just the theology of the body. This is, you know, telling somebody, you know what? What I'm going through—that's just original nakedness. That's just living without hiding. Um, of course, this is going to work relationship instead of food because that's original unity. That we are the only creatures that God made who can relate to each other as bearers of His image. Mm. I wonder why no—all the, of these ties between healing from compulsive behaviors and theology and the body. Why isn't anybody talking about this?
0: Yeah.
1: Yeah. Oh, I'm supposed to talk about it. <laughs> right. I see. <laughs> so, um, that just, as you know, one of the people I was, you know, in a relationship with in my recovery process, it's like, you know, you should make a course about this stuff. Mm. Like a course I don't do online courses, but then I look back and like, I've done a ton of online courses. I just didn't really recognize it. So right. I, I tried it and yeah. here we are. And it's, it's really amazing to see the transformation that's happening from the people who really dig into it and are, have the gift of desperation and are ready to do anything yeah. to break yeah. this cycle, to break yes. this attachment.
0: Yeah. I, I think you just said gift of desperation. Is that what you uh-huh. just said? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I, I love that because, you know, you had said something earlier too about, you know, I knew it in my head, but it wasn't inside of me in my heart. And I say that a lot too, because it's like, well, I know this, but It's not in me yet, you know? And I think that, you know, I I come into that with a lot of my clients when we first begin is they're like, I know this stuff. I should just, you know, but why am I not doing it? And so you do have to dig deeper. It is important to have that accompaniment. You know, like you said, they just walked you through what you knew. And, but it was more than that. It It was communion. It was relationship. And you know, when you're speaking about whether it's the course or coaching or whatever it may be, you can have somebody check in with you. You like, "Hey, you said you were doing this. How's that going?" Okay. So it didn't go so well. Why or it did? Tell me more, you know. and so i love I love that you you talked about that distinction between between the head and the heart and and the gift of desperation. i I'm going to write that down for sure. Because I do think it's a gift, right? Because we we get to this yeah. point, yeah, yeah. Because that's like you said, I I was willing to try anything at this point. That's 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 where the freedom is, right? Because you take a step, leap of faith, and you see where God takes you, and like, and now you have courses, and you're you're walking people through this. So that's incredible. You know, it sounds like. People were encouraging you along the way to share your story and i think that's where our for a lot of people who are maybe struggling with mission or purpose or clarity i always encourage them to look at well what have you gone through and how can you share that when you started to to do that was there a sense of i'm not an expert in this it's just me Or oh, yeah 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 <laughs> Absolutely.
1: yeah. Because like, here I am talking about, you know, mental health and physical health Mm -hmm. and spiritual health. I'm not a licensed anything. Like I say that regularly in, you know, in my course, in my, you know, group coaching and, you know, individual coaching that like, look, I'm, I don't, I'm not a licensed mental health professional, medical health professional nutritionist. I'm not a licensed. Um, you know, I, I I don't have a theology degree. Like seriously, my degree is in theater. So, like so really, um, you my only credentials are that I lost a hundred pounds, mm. and I'm keeping it off. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And as somebody who spent years and years yo-yo dieting, like decades yo-yo dieting, to be at this place, it's like this is my only credential. You, if you want to hear what I've got, I will definitely help you out. If you don't, you know, I don't blame you because I'm just a a lady with a Wi-Fi connection. That's
0: pretty much it. (laughs) But I love this. Your credentials are your results. You lost 100 pounds and you have kept it off. That's
1: yeah. The the bigger thing is right now I'm going through a really difficult time with my family and I was talking with um one of my clients and you know she she knows, knows my story of, of what's going on right now and she's like I don't understand how you're not eating through this. Mm. And I'm like I already feel bad, I don't want to feel worse. <gasps> that, yeah. That to realize the thing yeah. that I thought was the solution, the food is now like repugnant. Mm. Mm-hmm. It's the, like that's that's the transformation you were saying, like, you know, right. you tell your clients, look at your story. Mm. Um, I like the phrase, like, find your zero to hero story. Mm. That's where, you know, ev- everybody wants to be some level of Captain America. I was this, yeah. and now this happened, <laughs> and now I'm this. You know, yeah. this, is the, this is the amazing thing God has done for me. Yeah. Um, I, I cooperated, but that's kind of the only credit I get. <laughs> like yeah. I, I showed up and said, okay. Right, but, right. And not all the time either, because this, like, that, that's the thing about, like, just because I don't want to, I want to, like, be, be real here. They, um yeah. You know, the first year uh, or so of my, you know, journey, I called myself the relapse queen. I was re- regular, like, I haven't had a binge episode since April 24th of 2020. But, like, that first year was, like, mm. you know, constantly, 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 you know, slipping. And um yeah. the thing was, and it was, it made it harder to not slip, was that, because I had had such unhealthy habits before, I could still slip and still lose weight. So it was really easy to tell myself, well, I don't have to change that much. Fine. But again, I it, did I want to be lose. Did I want to see the numbers going down or did I want to be well?
0: Yeah, yeah.
1: And in the end, I'm like, all right, God, I want to be well.
0: Mm-hmm. That's, that's where, I, where I hope to stay. Yes, yeah. yes, being well is is ultimate goal and and I loved hearing how that realization of rewiring that unhealthy habit you know and that's not an easy task you know and and some of the the steps we can take and the tools we can use sound simple but when it's a habit and it's ingrained for a lot of different reasons there's some work you gotta do (laughs) so it's
1: yeah And that's the thing I, I regularly tell my clients is that we're not doing this because we're idiots. Yeah. We're not doing this because we don't know better. Mm. Like I, I have this one whole story in the course of like this doctor, like just told, well, all you have to do is eat healthy and exercise. I'm like, are you kidding me? Right. You think I don't know that? Yeah. What we need is it would give sort of like referring back to what we were both saying before about the distance between the head and the heart. The distance between the head and the heart is the whole body. The the experience of eating or whatever compulsion that we do, it's a whole body experience. It's not just head. It's not just heart. It's the physical reality of, you know, learning to trust that I will be okay without that thing. And before we can even trust that, before we can even have that experience, before we can open ourselves up to that experience of possibly being okay without the one thing we think is going to make us okay, we need to believe that it's possible
0: mm mm-hmm.
1: and you know so many people that I talked to and I you know this was my mindset before was like I'll never be able to stop yeah I'll, yeah. I'll never be able to stop doing this mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. and until I was able to ask them, well what if I did
0: mm-hmm.
1: what would I use instead yeah and what would that be like it's sort of like you know the the just like in order to have a relationship with God we need to Believe maybe there is a God, right? In order to live a different way, we need to believe that maybe there is a different way besides yo-yo dieting, besides binging, restricting, besides just binging, whatever, um, whatever your poison.
0: Yeah, yeah, and and I know what you mean by that because when I talk with my clients, it's they can be stuck in that lack of possibility, Mm -hmm. or they're missing that hope. And I don't mean to say that they're depressed or anything like that, but it is that sense of where's the hope? I've lost my hope. I need to find it again. And I think that's where we find it, or I know that's where we find it um in our relationship with God. And so I'd love to hear for for some of our listeners who maybe are not as familiar with theology of the body. I've talked about it on the podcast before. if you could give like a really brief summary of theology of the body, that's yeah,
1: Absolutely. Um, the way I like to think of yep. define theology of the body is the theology of the body is how God uses the human body to tell the story of his love for us. Mm. And like they're much more complicated, you know, things yeah. that because John Paul II, he was a heady guy. So he, you know, yeah. his, his stuff was very, you know, wordy, love him, but wordy, um, and super, super complicated. But the thing that like, you know, I mentioned earlier, I'm a theater major, I was a theater major, my degree's in theater. Um, a lot of people forget this, John Paul II was an actor and a playwright before. Yes, he made a was, yeah And I remember, like, right after I graduated with my degree, and I was a working actress at the time, um, I remember I came across the term, you know, John Paul II, theology of the body, I had not not heard anything but that phrase. And I'm like, I know exactly what that is. Mm. that's how God uses the the human body to tell the story of his love for us and I think only an actor could have come up with that yeah because if you think of acting it's using brain voice heart soul face whole self Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. only Mm -hmm. an actor could have come up with the theology of the body and I think that's kind of why like you know a lot of times I'll sort of denigrate like I'm a theater major you know don't listen to me but there's also that piece of being able to understand how to tell a story in such a way that it's real and useful,
0: yeah, yeah.
1: That you know that the theology of the body does like mm. nothing else I've found.
0: Mm. Mm-hmm. I'm a theater major too, so I'm. I'm oh, totally, get out! Yeah, I'm totally <laughs> geeking out over here. I love it. So you're sitting there, you're eating the bag of chips, and you're reading theology of the body. What What finally brought all that together? <laughs>
1: Well, it was definitely that um, experience, like that that first experience with that person on that other app who showed yeah. me that like if you, you want to get out of your compulsions, you've got to get into relationship in real time. Mm. Um, and then through that, I got drawn into, um, you know, a number of different re- mental health and uh, addiction recovery modalities that, you know, each piece, like, again, like I said before, it's just showed like, well, of course this works.
0: Yeah,
1: because it's it's just the truth. And that's like the one thing that I, you know, emphasize in filled with good. My course is that, you know, I use the John Paul II theology, the body and modern secular addiction science. Because every theology of the body concept that applies to healing, because that's the thing, like, T-O-B, it's not just the sex thing, okay, folks? Mm-hmm. <laughs> Everybody wants to say, it's just a really long chastity talk. No.
0: Yeah, it's,
1: yeah. Chastity is involved because it's about the body, but so many other things are about the body, too. So, you know, the, the theology of the body piece is constantly backed up by modern secular addiction scientists, mo- science. Most of those scientists are atheists. Yeah. not Catholics, certainly anti-Catholic in some cases. -hmm. And everything they find backs it up because science is about pursuit of the truth and Catholicism, that's pursuit of the truth. Of course they're going to meet.
0: Oh, I love that. Exactly. So you said something in there to get out of our compulsions, you have to be in relationship in real time. That that is a lot to meditate on and think about if if we're in if we're in that space, if we're if we're experiencing that. What would you say? is maybe, you know, one other key to help you get out of that
1: compulsion. A big part of it, at least for the food compulsion, is to stop blaming the food. Mm. I think there's somebody came up to me, like, you know, I started recovery the year before COVID hit and then came out of the, the, you know, the worst of the COVID years and of like a hundred pounds lighter than the last time people saw <laughs> me. Um, and I, like somebody came up to me, he's like, you know, you're a lot slipper than when we first met. How did you do it? And they're like, well, it was through theology of the body and um, trauma and mental health recovery. He's like, oh, I thought you were going to say a diet. Ah. Uh. <laughs> like, oh, and that's the, like the other pieces. Like we think that if we just get the food to behave, if we can yeah. just fix the food, we'll fix ourselves. Mm-hmm. And the the food is just a symptom. It is not the disease. Exactly. The food is just molecules. And until we start seeing food as molecules and not as the savior, um, whether the you know the ingredients or the lack of it are the savior, um,
0: yeah.
1: well, it's not going to work. It's going to be yo-yo over and over again.
0: Yeah, yeah. It's it's all it's 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 always going deeper. It's never just about x you know it's like what is underlying there and that is the uncomfortable and scary part for people
1: Mm -hmm. but
0: until you go there you're not going to be free you're not you know which is what you were talking about earlier so and you have to do that in communion in accompaniment there's no other way to do that
1: yeah Yeah. there isn't yeah that's the thing like part of the um the the, my course is like People ask, can I do this self-paced? Can I just do this on my own? Like, I, I would make more money if I sold this as a self-paced course. I am not gonna lie,
0: Yeah, but it wouldn't yeah. work.
1: It won't work. You have to be in relationship, whether it's at least starting with just me one-on-one or joining a group cohort. We've got to be in relationship
0: mm-hmm. and we've
1: got to be willing to reach out to people and talk and receive people who want to talk. Yeah. Or it's, it's just not gonna work.
0: Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I, I totally agree. I see it all the time. When you tell people about what you do, your journey, your story, what do you, what do you think a common myth is around that? And how do you, how do you answer that?
1: Yeah, it's de- definitely the, Um, I don't know if like, I think it's probably twofold. The one is that it's about the food mm-hmm. and the other is that I can do this myself. Yeah. um, I can do this on my own. And that's like the one Place. Like I'm, I'm kind of troubleshooting this right now. Um, the the course started running uh, different webinars in January of 2023, and I am discovering at the point in the course where the homework is to start talking to people, people go uh, away, they ghost yeah. me, yeah. Um, and that's you know I'm trying trying to troubleshoot this to let people know, look, don't waste your money on this if you're not desperate enough to do anything, including come out of isolation, right. But that's, people think that the myth is like, well, I just need to get better self-control. I just need to, or like, there's the certain level of like, well, it's just me and God. That's all we need. That's all I need. I don't need more than God. Well, that that's absolutely true. You only yes. need God. And what God made you to do is to also need relationship with persons. So guess right. what you also need. <laughs> <Right>. <laughs> Sorry to, you know, back you into a corner, but- <laughs>
0: why do you think you made all these people anyway <laughs> yeah <laughs> we're here for a reason <laughs>
1: yeah that's, that's the point of the course where i like i call it um the will you leave me also <laughs> chapter <laughs> because that's what they, even though i warned them like look this is you're gonna have to come out of isolation and then they get get some ghosts i mean not everybody but sure, you know, sure. the, the sure. die hard stay stay and when the diehards stay watching and hearing their stories afterwards, it's like, what? It's it, yeah. it's so it's cool, so cool to see them experience that that freedom themselves. But it's also like, oh wow, I'm not alone. I'm not some freak.
0: Yeah, <laughs> absolutely. I'm not alone. And don't expect the change if you're not gonna do the work. You have gotta be honest with yourself. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um
1: yeah, but that's that's actually one of the reasons that like I give, like we have a little private community forum. Um, for everybody who joins the course that yeah. you get a year of that forum mm. for the first year and you can join any cohort. So like, say you join and then by like, you know, week five, you're like, I can't do this.
0: Yeah.
1: And then three months later, you're like, oh, I can do this. And you can right. join back in. So, cause I know like not everybody's ready right away. Like mm-hmm. I, like I just said, I was the relapse queen for a year. Sure. Um, you're sure. ready when you're ready.
0: Let's revisit our, our scripture passage, and then I want to hear how you know people want to look into this course, where they should go, and and all that good stuff. So, again, this is Luke one, verse thirty three. The hungry he has filled with good things; the rich he has sent away empty. You know, based on our conversation here, Aaron, you know, I'm really focusing on the second half of that verse of the rich he has sent away empty. Well, if you're not being honest in your circumstances, or at least allowing God to open that door of let me help heal you. You've got
1: to be hungry. You've got to be okay with being hungry. You've got to be okay with this world, not being satisfactory because it won't be, you were made for more.
0: You all were. Absolutely. Absolutely. Aaron. So Aaron, tell us how do we connect with you and, and all that good stuff?
1: Okay, so if you want to go right to the course and find mm-hmm. out more, if you go to erinmccolcup.podia.com, you get the um, you know all the information about the course itself. You can sign up for a free intro, so you get three lessons um, for free, and then you can attend an intro webinar for free to find out. All right, is this something that you want to invest in? Um, and then from there, if you decide you do want to invest in that, um, you can invest in a uh, you can join a cohort, which is like a group that goes through the webinars and then you can also like, you know, get onto the private forum um, and join other webinars later on for, you know, polishing or whatever. Um, you also, if you're not ready to do a whole group meeting, you can add on a one-on-one package with me where I will walk you individually through the, um, the materials mm-hmm. um, because like I get Number one, not everybody's ready for that, but they are, mm-hmm. you know, desperate enough to get ready, yeah. but also, like, not everybody can be available every week at the same time for seven weeks,
0: mm-hmm. It's just
1: not likely, so, you know, there's there's that option as well. If yeah. you're interested in my other materials, such as the um, family trauma recovery piece, if you go to just erinmccolcup.com. You can find my books, um, links to my articles. I also um, write for Catholic in Recovery. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, and, you know, we're, I'm honored to work with them. So yeah, there, there's all sorts of stuff out there that might be really helpful to you.
0: Excellent, excellent. And I have all of this in the show notes. So please check that and connect with Aaron. Erin, it was um, just an honor to hear your story and thank you for sharing with everyone and, and just being so authentic. So appreciate yeah. it.
1: Thank you, Liz. Thank you for so much for this opportunity to chat with you and to uh, chat with your listeners as well. God bless you and your work.
0: Thank you, Erin. Let's get growing and keep blooming. Thank you for joining me for this episode of Keep Blooming. Tune in every Wednesday for a dose of hope and encouragement. To be the first to know about my upcoming retreats and latest offerings, become an email subscriber at lizmontignycoaching.com. Have a wonderful week and remember to keep blooming.